Hello and welcome to After the Sermon Podcast. It's a Austin Oaks Church podcast that invites the congregation to process the work that God is doing in our lives, in our church, and in this community. Today, I am joined by Pastor Chad, and so excited. It's just the two of us today. We're going to chat. Yeah. We're just going to, we're going to have a good time. It's going to be so fun. And um, we hope this finds you all well, wherever you are listening. And we've been going through a pretty amazing series, mm. kind of Holy Spirit 2.0, Water yeah. Always Makes a Way. And to this past Sunday was the last one of the series, wrapping it up. So Pastor Chad, would you be willing to share a little bit about what you preached on, just an overview, a really quick summary? Absolutely. Awesome. So this last Sunday, we kind of focused on the gifts in a very specific way and some key ones a little bit more may uh, maybe on the sign gifts like prophecy and tongues some of those and and really just digging into Paul's explanations of them so I, I kind of framed the message around three questions you know what have we gotten wrong in this and how does Paul correct that and, and what do we need to do to get it right and then the last part was how do we do that or what does it look like when we're doing that right. And that came right out of first Corinthians 14, where Paul just gives some really concrete, practical descriptions of what a healthy church looks like. Mm-hmm. That's using their gifts in a loving way and in a proper way that the, the concept was not quenching the spirit of just not resisting what he's wanting to do and what he's given to the church to use as these gifts. So, yeah. And I loved, well, because we've been using this analogy of, or just kind of saying we wouldn't stop preaching the Bible because yeah. it's been preached wrong, Poorly. but we're so quickly to kind of throw out the gifts of the Spirit mm-hmm. because of we've had a bad experience. Or, But I loved that you kind of unpacked it and gave a few more word pictures mm-hmm. of what that could look like. Yeah. So do you want to walk through a couple of those? Do you remember them? I, I, <laughs> I do in different ways. Well, I guess I used them even throughout. Uh, I, I use more generic gifts that's kind of how I opened up Mm -hmm. by kind of setting the table with that of saying hey if we see everything in our life that we've been given as a gift you know whether it's our parents maybe it's a relationship we're in our education the churches that we've gone to you know all of us have had real positive experiences Mm -hmm. with our parents maybe and real negative ones or Mm -hmm. hardful ones or different seasons we you know maybe valued them differently sometimes we don't understand how much they meant to us until Mm -hmm. we're much older Mm -hmm. other times you just had a really bad set of parents period I mean some people that's the case for them and and then others it's you know they were awesome and they just launched them off to where they are today and and just because you have the whole spectrum, it doesn't mean we just want to throw out the concept of parents or that gift of parents right. all together. Instead, it's understanding the context. How are we to use them? How are we relate, relate to these gifts? Every gift, every unconditional gift comes with kind of implied conditions to best use it or steward it. So I kind of started from that general perspective like that with everything in our life. And then I kind of brought it to a more specific application in these passages, because that's really what Paul was doing with Mm -hmm. the church in Corinth and each of these places. Yeah. And I loved how you even like the idea of teacher, like just because you've had like not a great teacher, there's this concept of teacher that still holds true and is still has a good 
even though your experience of it may have been right. negative. You might have had a good teacher or a bad teacher, yeah. or a good class or a bad. I mean, we've all yeah, had that at totally. school at some point, but we don't just want to throw out education and teaching because we had a bad experience. So Right. So why do you think it's different with the gifts of the Spirit in your estimation? That's, you know, it's interesting studying this. And even, it's funny, you know this too, that you can plan a, a service mm-hmm. and then in the midst of it, there's things that are revealed to you as you're going through it, sort mm-hmm. of, that you go, oh my goodness. And, and that was this multiple different ways. But I, it's so strange to me that the church is so divided over this issue that that you see like almost no middle ground. It's get rid of them all together or practice them in the most unhealthy way possible. Mm-hmm. And what just is kind of flabbergasting to me, and I, I alluded to this a little bit at the beginning, but you know these passages are right here in the, the Bible. They could not be any more practical and straightforward. If you just read them, <laughs> they, they pretty yeah. much yeah. lay everything out, and yet we're on the, the far sides of it almost everywhere you go uh, all together. And I don't know why that is other than, um, you know, as soon as you start dealing with spiritual things, you know, the enemy heightens and, and exaggerates every, I think, hurt or every misunderstanding. And, and we don't take the time to lean into it or we're, I mean, it's the church all around. It's not just Mm. these things. If you look at, if you look at the charismatic churches or the ones that, you know, tend to be on that spectrum, they, they have all kinds of issues with them. I mean, when I was in Laredo, the few non-Catholic churches w- were in that bent. And, and it, without fault or without, you know, failure, there'd be seasons where there'd be some big blow up hmm. in one of these churches and we'd get a ton of people that would come over to our church to check it out for a season. And it was just one thing after another of issues. But the same is true on our side. It's just in different ways. There's always rumblings. There's always divisions. There's all these little things that are going on underneath that are dividing people as well. And I think this is just one of those areas that the enemy has had great success at dividing us because it has a very supernatural component to it. Yeah. Is there some element with connect, like connected to control? Do you think? <laughs> None at all. <laughs> you know, that, that was another thing that really hit me. And I, I mentioned this maybe a couple times in the, in the message, mm-hmm. but again, didn't have time to really elaborate on that a lot. I think that's a big part of, especially the church here in America, the Western church, having experienced kind of some different ideas of it in different places or seeing it in different mm-hmm. places you know, whether it's education, we use education as a means to get more control than we really have. And it's not bad, but we've just made it an idol. Yeah. And we think that, hey, if I have all this education, education is power. That's a statement mm-hmm. we grow up with in our Western culture. And if I have this, I have power and power gives me control mm-hmm. when it's my power. But when God gives us a gift that's a power that's not our own, we don't have control over it. Yeah. We are stewards of it. And we don't like that in our in the mm-hmm. Western church. And so we love to have just a handful of the gifts being demonstrated every Sunday because the pastor can control all those yeah. things while well, he thinks he can. They're still, <laughs> right. It's still messy. <laughs> yeah. But 
but it's less than what you'd have if you, if everyone was gifted and everyone was responsible. Yeah. You have a lot less control. I love, you know, people have different opinions of him, but I think he has some really great wisdom in different areas. But Rick Warren made a statement one time that I thought was really profound and helpful for me when I was early on in ministry mm-hmm. in the context I was in. He said, and he's making a dichotomy, but you get the principle. He says, you can either structure a church for control mm. or you can structure it for growth, mm. but you can't structure it for both. Wow. And I think that's yeah pretty true in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah. And you even said a really important quote. And then I think there's like a, a tension to hold with it, right? That yeah. the, you said that the spirit-filled church is not chaotic. Mm-hmm. And I think there's an interesting difference between, you know, the orderly mm-hmm. that Paul talks about, that it's not, that a non-believer should come in and it shouldn't feel chaotic. Right. And yet also holding the tension of releasing control mm-hmm. and saying, we're up, we're open to whatever you want to do, God, in this space. And it may not make reasonable sense. Right. So how do you hold both of those in tension? I I think that's, it is, there is a tension there. And I think maybe part of that is, is how we've wrongly defined Mm -hmm. some of those things. We've, we've taken order and we've turned it into rigidity Mm. and, and then we've taken freedom and, turned it into, in a lot of ways, laziness, Mm. meaning we we excuse laziness of not being prepared or not doing some things that are basic things and and not doing it in a loving way. Because one of the things that order does, and you see this all throughout scripture, you see it just in God's creation, order brings invitation. Yeah. When there's no order, then only one person knows what's going on. Hmm. And everyone else is, is walking in the dark. It's like for your teams. If you never told anyone on your team what songs you were doing, what parts they were doing, right. and only you knew, yeah. you now make it all about you. Right. And so it's the order becomes something that's not to control everyone. Order is to give proper boundaries and give freedom and in, invite everyone into the process. Mm, so I, love that. I think we turn them into a dichotomy yeah. that, that order it means a lack of freedom. But it's really just the opposite. Like yeah. you, you give a dog, like uh, put a fence around our yard for our dog, mm-hmm. and it gives him tremendous freedom to run as much as he wants within that fence. If I take the fence away, he, he'll run around and he'll constantly be turning and checking to see if I'm near him because he doesn't yeah. know what are my boundaries, where can I go. He's less free, even though he has more mm-hmm. freedom, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. And I was curious. I didn't prepare you for this, <laughs> so, the listeners, but we just went to a conference yeah. that really explored word and spirit, mm-hmm. holding both of those mm-hmm. and honoring both of them. And so I was curious if you would share a little bit about your experience, yeah. um, about there was a moment when someone had a word for you mm-hmm. and um, from and the outside looking in, it looked like it really moved you. And so I just would love to hear a little bit of your experience, if you're willing to share about kind of, cause it was such a great refreshing environment Mm -hmm. of seeing it practiced and, you know, kind of amplified because we were in a conference exploring it, of course, not necessarily going to match for a Sunday morning, Uh but there was a practice and a, an environment or a fence, if you will, established for these practice of these gifts. I'd love to just hear a little bit of your experience. Absolutely. I'll share um, 
some some of it was more personal. I'm still processing. Yeah. But I'll share the experience and even a little bit of that and 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 what my experience was in a whole. Yeah. There as well, and I shared this with our team when we were up there, so this won't be new to you, Becca. But mm-hmm. um, it was really powerful for for me to watch it done properly. Like I said, I've I've been on this journey for you know 30 years of thinking these were available wondering and and in some ways you know in my previous ministry saw parts of it and practiced parts of it that I'd never grown up with and saw it it, because of the situation I was in but never I guess for me the key thing was I never saw it practically done in a healthy way Mm. that I could learn from I needed a mentor in there and I didn't have that so I knew what you know what these truths were I'd read all these things preached through them but it's like okay someone show me it's it's like having a a playbook for a football game but never having played football you need a coach to kind of show you how to execute it and so that conference really gave me some frameworks I'd never mm. seen before and I think I was sharing with the team you know as we were debriefing one night you know, how overwhelmed I was to, to see it done in a loving way with that yeah. context and with an order to it, because I, I saw the needs that I faced in ministry where I was ministering at that time and felt so inadequate in so many different ways and saw how that, you know, would serve them so well. Mm. And just, you know, I wasn't beating myself up over it. I guess it's just grieving you know, that I wasn't mature enough or I didn't know what to do to, to lead them in a way that would have really loved them well. And, uh, you know, it was just kind of seeing that for the first time to mm. watch that. And then, you know, seeing it, you know, having that experience myself in my life and that person coming to me and sharing and then, you know, listening to them too. And I, I love that. That was really helpful for me because we talked about this as well. It's like, what if someone doesn't have a word? You know, you can sometimes feel like mm-hmm. these people were selected and we weren't. Remember, we were, yeah. la- we were laughing because <laughs> all these things were happening on the right side of the room <laughs> yeah. and our team was on the left side of the room. <laughs> like no we, we one thought, in our section. Does God even know yeah. we're here? <laughs> we know it became the, the joke. And then all yeah. of a sudden, you know, th- there's some things that happened over on our side of the room. But more so, I love the word that one of the, the leaders shared was, was we're responsible. He said in the Old Testament, the king would go to the prophet to get wisdom or to, mm. get, to hear or w- get some advice on what he should do in a, you know, in a military situation or in a, you know, in, in-house situation, whatever. And they encouraged saying, come up to these prayer partners and just share with them. You know, don't give any details, but just share, hey, I would love prayer. I would like to hear something, if there's anything, whatever. And, and so you're initiating it. So I followed up with it as well and went up to someone. Actually, I found the same person that came. And I just shared, you know, a little bit in different areas, very little. And he said, don't give me any more details. Mm. You know, just let me listen and hear from the Lord and see if he has anything more for you. And he, you know, elaborated on some of the things and then shared some things in a totally different area that hmm. he, he couldn't have known that was really powerful. And, and so it was it just, it was for me, a, a real kind of an epiphany. I don't know if that's the right word. It wasn't like a discovery for me. It was an experience of a truth right. I, I knew, but had never fully experienced, if that makes sense. Totally. And it was really beautiful. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I Thanks for sharing that. And 
I, yeah, Reese and I just went up for prayer, and we didn't even really know. I think we were just like, however <laughs> right. you want to pray for right. us, we're ready. Right. We're right. eager. And Why would we not want that? Yeah, and I remember there was a moment where I was so impatient. Hmm. There was a really long line of people needing prayer, and people, these lovely prayer team people were really taking time with right. people. And I was like, don't they see the line? Like, <laughs> right. they got to get through this. Right. And it was such a good, mm. like, w- the Lord's not in a rush. Mm. Like, this good gut check mm-hmm. of, like, what's, like, just almost a whisper from the Lord. Like, what's your hurry? And isn't that like, a beautiful picture right? of, like, isn't that what we would want at our yes. church? As opposed to crickets when we ask people to come up to pray. Here you have people waiting and waiting and waiting. And yeah. it becomes so central in your time of worship that it, it's just it's like a paradigm shift in a lot of ways. Yeah. And even being, I don't know about you, but when I was just witnessing other people getting encouraged, mm-hmm. like even just seeing, I mean, this guy was not close to us uh-huh. and he like beelined it for you. He knew mm-hmm. I like, I have a word. Like, I need to like go. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you were in like the middle of the aisle. Like it wasn't like right. on the end right. or like, and he, and I just, there was such a, a moment with me and the Lord seeing him like really be obedient mm-hmm. and minister to you. Like there was such a powerful collaborative mm-hmm. and um, corporate mm-hmm. piece to it. Even right. though it was individual to you, it was like the Lord is at work and the Lord is in our midst. Yeah. And I think that that was something you continually drew back on was that this is for the edification of believers and an edification of um and show you have the quote like my gift's purpose is to build others Mm -hmm. up and for the individual but also like for those looking in right and not for show but just for this there is this participation and it can be so easy for us to just consume and be so passive Mm. so i was curious what do you think is one do you feel like you have an individual invitation from preaching this message and then also do you feel like there's an invitation for us as a church wow i yeah i think both like i said my journey as long as it's been it's um it's been stunted in certain ways mm-hmm. or i just it's like that path has been there i and i didn't know how to walk down it or i or honestly i, I had to stop and say you know it's it, it, I chose not to. Mm. I got busy with other things that were right in my face in our in our church at that mm. season, and it was it would have taken a lot of work for me to get to where I needed to get to to get to these conferences. To get, I mean, they're what they, yeah. one they didn't exist right. in the same way. But I'd I'd actually started listening to some of Sam Storm's podcasts during that season because he he would record their messages and their Sunday experience that had some of that in there. So I got little tastes of it, but again, it's, it's a big journey as we know is, here. Yeah. And I just seemed like there's so many urgent fish to fry at the time that I just let that go. And it's one of those examples of letting the urgent yeah. drive what's important. Yeah. If that makes sense. And yeah. sometimes things that are urgent are important. A lot of times they're not. And a lot of times things that are important aren't urgent. Yeah. And so you know, they don't get the attention they need. And I just realized it was a failure in my leadership mm. at that time to to go after something that was really important, but it didn't have the urgency. And I just, you know, didn't pursue it. But so for me personally, 
You know, one of the things, um, I have a heart, I'm a trainer, I'm a developer. I love th that aspect. And it took me a while to learn that that was my gift. And I started seeing it in my life over time in terms of the effect of the gift. And, and so I feel like this next season of ministry has some of that mm. for me with the, uh, with the experience I now have and, and places I've been, I really feel like part of my next step, and I've already talked to, um, some people here is, is reigniting my relationship now in Laredo with the mm. guys there that we still, we stay in touch personally a lot, but I've given space there too. Um, just because I wanted a healthy transition for them. I wanted them to establish their leadership feet and that mm. whole thing and see that they could be successful, that it wasn't because of any person that was there right. and they have that now. But I feel like there's things I can go. They're, they're busy as heck with ministry. They got two campuses. They're doing Spanish and English, and and then they got you know they're busting at the seams everywhere. So I have the feeling they're probably feeling the same way I did at times. <laughs> and I think I can go back now, knowing them, mm -hmm. coming from a different situation, and and dip in at times and just love on them, serve them, equip them, be available for them in different ways, and you know maybe do that two or three times a year for a short season. Mm. And it's kind of like God redeeming my mistake back then, mm. you know, bringing me to a place where I got to have the space to, to learn some of these things yeah. and then say, you're not done there yeah. yet. Your, your ministry is just different. Mm -hmm. So for me personally, th th that's, that's one thing on a ministry side. On the other side, it's, you know, I want to learn to implement that, this just within the worship of my own family. Mm. You know, I see it and I've been praying about that a lot, you know, lately of how, how does this look in my family? You know, I have adult kids that are out of the house now and that's different. And then two that are home or even within my marriage and some of that. So I think personally, I don't think this is just, yeah. for, you know, in the corporate setting, right. even though it is there, but yeah. it's in a small groups, you Absolutely. know, I've been, there's people in a, and a, we have a unique group now, a re-engage group that we started. That's people in our neighborhood. They mm -hmm. don't come other than one couple that we invited from here. Um, and so that's a journey with, you know, not even knowing fully where they're all at spiritually. But uh, and then guys I cycle with, I cycle with unbelievers mainly. I, I connect with guys in my neighborhood. I see we start riding together. And I start conversations with them. And so there's several of them I've been doing this for a while with. And I've had some conversations. But I'm just, they're very far from God in a mm -hmm. lot of ways. But I've just been praying, God, give me something for their sake that that there's no way I could know. Yeah. If there's just a word I could speak into their life or whatever that would make them go, how can you know that unless, you know, just things like right. that, kind of that evangelistic use of it in a way that makes them go there's got to be a, a god yeah if that makes sense so that's kind of my personal journey how i see it in a lot of different ways in my own life and i'm mm -hmm. just kind of you know waiting on god in terms of how he wants to do that so yeah that's awesome and i want to encourage you quote quote publicly <laughs> to whoever <laughs> else is listening that right like i just am so reminded of the kindness of god that mm. right he never there's just this continual pursuit right. and this continual. Um, that we're never done. Yeah. And even that like that Japanese po um, pottery with the gold 
like that God uses the parts mm. that we just feel are so broken or mm. so to sometimes be the most yeah. beautiful and redemptive parts of our story. And so I see that I cheer you on in that because I do think it gets, don't you think it gets harder sometimes to be open to a shift in theology yeah. or a shift in experience because it's kind of rinse repeat. I know I'm how this goes. I'm older now and I should have known this by now. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's a, been a huge one in that. And, and, um, yeah, to think, you know, I'm what, and again, part of that is how I've learned to grieve kind mm. of th those little things that has helped me release that and move forward mm. of, of going, Hey, Chad, you were, you weren't complete then, you know, grieve that I can go back and grieve that I didn't have everything I wish I had when I was serving in a certain mm. spot, but that's our journey. That's, right. that's how totally. we gain wisdom. Yeah. And I'm not going to get stuck on that. It's kind of like, okay, Lord, I gave what I had at that moment. We all have more. Right. I even think of it with our kids, you know, my wife and I can talk about that, how we parented, hmm. you know, our older three, there's a seven year gap, you know, what we knew and who we were in the context we were in with them. And now with our younger girls, you know, and sometimes the kids can joke, it's like, you guys do this so much yeah, better totally, with them. Yeah. It's like, you're, you're right. We're <laughs> yep. older, we're wiser, we have more yeah. experience and, you know, mm -hmm. so be it. God's sovereign journey is different for all of us and we don't control yeah. that. But just, I always, I love to learn Yeah. and I love to grow in different areas. And, and that's always been part of the joy of walking in the Christian life is I think I never you know, not one day do I open up this book and not feel like he shares something new with me, even though I've yeah. read it, you know, yeah. hundreds of times, it still is alive. Yeah. And I think even when we talk specifically about the spiritual gifts, yeah. like, do we just kind of locked in and like, I did that assessment or, exactly. or I did that thing <laughs> right. when I was in my twenties in test, college or whatever. Right. And mm -hmm. like, well, this is what I, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. And we limit ourselves right. and limit God of no, I have more of myself and mm. more that I want to show you. And it it is for others, yes, but it will also increase your joy and increase yeah. our relationship. Yeah, it's just, there's just so much more. Yeah. And so it's, how do we keep that wonder, that curiosity, mm -hmm. that desire to learn and grow? And I think being around people who are curious and hungry, mm -hmm. is it is contagious in the best way. Exactly. But would you say that, would you give any encouragement to people who are on this journey and are hungry for more? Are there any things that you would point them to or any encouragement you would give them? Yeah, I, I like, um, and I saw this in a totally different way when I was preparing it to teach as opposed to sometimes when you're just reading it for yourself. That last little bit that Paul talks about in this passage and I tried to make it really practical. He says in verses 37 and 38 of First Corinthians four, uh, 14, he says, you know, those who think they're spiritual and a prophet but don't obey these principles, you know, they should be ignored and, mm -hmm. and you know, not listened to, which the flip side of that is those who do should be listened to. Hmm. So I would say the most important step you can do in your journey, because it is a journey. This is a, a, a big shift it's not a big shift in terms of what God's revealed. It's, it's because of the time in history or the culture and what we've all been brought up in, one extreme or the other, that it's a big change for a lot of us because of the grooves that we've yeah. 
dug into our lives. So don't feel like you're just going to cut that out in one moment. But take that to heart and just say, who do I need to be listening to mm. that's talking about this well? And take some time to, to look for them. Like I read dozens of books on spiritual warfare because of the things I was facing there that I had no idea, like, how do I handle this? Yeah. And I needed more. The scripture had all the principles. I needed practice. I needed yeah. someone to, you know, it's again, it's a playbook. Mm-hmm. Hey, I can give someone a playbook and it doesn't make them an NFL football player. You need a coach to kind of yeah. show you. And that's what I was looking for when I was reading. And so many of them were just uh, like out of bounds. There are people who I knew that they say they they said they'd experience these things, but I thought, but what you're saying is so outside of scripture. Mm. I needed someone that, that, that was following scripture, but also believe this stuff existed. And it took me, you know, years and books to find someone like that. And when I did, you know, he was willing to come down and do training mm. in our lives and it just was so helpful for us. So I didn't just encourage people, heed that principle, keep looking, find those people who are saying and doing things in line with this yeah. and, and don't, you know, don't jump into any, you know, quick mm-hmm. bandwagon or whatever until you find that. Yeah. 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 But and keep then, pursuing it. And there's joy in the journey, right? Exactly. Yeah, totally. Uh, well, this has been lovely. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being so transparent. I think that's one of the most encouraging things in leaders is like, mm. I'm on the journey with you that none of us ever arrive and that there's, maybe um, fumblings along the way, That's but right. that God uses it all and brings something and beautiful out of all of it. And um, Well, thank you, Becca, for driving 18 hours yesterday <laughs> to, to get back here to, to be To hurry up this, to right? get this podcast. We got to go. I won't tell anyone that you're in your pajamas I know. right now while you're doing this. <laughs> I have a huge cup of coffee in my hand. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope this found, finds you well, and we will see you next week.